Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. to the Tennessee Titans coaches' offices have has been uh, getting much more use over the last week than the indoor has, as uh, Brian Callahan is still, I guess, in the early stages of filling out his staff. Um, but uh, wide receivers coach Rob Moore already has moved on to the Panthers. Defensive line coach Terrell Williams has already moved on to the Lions. Tight ends and former running backs coach Tony Dews has moved on to the Jets. Offensive line coach Jason Hodling has moved on to the Bears. But uh, but things are certainly picking up, it would seem, for the indoor. In fact, uh, minutes before we sat down to record this podcast, this episode of Believe in Titans, comes word out of Cleveland that uh, that the Browns have given the Titans permission to talk to one Bill Callahan, whose name has come up in recent weeks in this very podcast. And the, uh, the expectation is they will let him come to Tennessee, even though it will be a lateral move. So uh, uh, it looks very much like uh, Bill Callahan will be the Tennessee Titans offensive line coach. Assuming that happens, he will join um, – Defensive coordinator Denard Wilson, who is coming from the Baltimore Ravens, and uh, wide receivers coach Tyke Tolbert, who is uh, who is coming from the Bears. None of these have been officially announced by the team to this point, but uh, but there is uh, there is a common thread starting to uh, starting to develop here with. Uh, with some of uh, some of Brian, Brian Callahan's targets and hires to this point, uh, the uh, obviously these things will become official. There will be more names surfacing for other positions in the uh, in the coming days and weeks. But this is uh, this is where things stand at this moment as we sit down, as usual, with the former Titans cornerback Denard Wilson. Denard, how are you, sir? Denard Wilson, real Denard, oh, listen to me. You said, you know what? I knew he was going to do that. Congratulations. I knew he was going to do that. This is the first time in, what, four years I've ever heard the name Denard. We're going to be talking you, you are You are old news at this point when it comes to the Titans Denards <laughs> now. Although uh, we should note the spelling is different. Denard Wilson has two ends. Man. What's that? I don't play second fiddle to no man. I got <laughs> well, one and, in my name, but I know what you said, David. I, congratulate I, you, Denard, on the on the big move. You know, we're coming home. It's a great thing. I I apologize for that. I no, don't I, apologize. Don't apologize because you said a common theme, and it was like, okay, we got a Denard we're talking about, and we got <laughs> my man Type T, who I've been knowing for over thirty years. Oh, is that right? Good. So we'll uh, have some. Oh, yeah, uh, he's, we'll he's, have a, some he's an LSU guy. He's an LSU guy. It's all about the LSU guys. Uh, John Glennon of the Nashville Post. John, how are you? I'm well, hope you guys are. Doing great. And uh, I am David Beauclair. The, uh, the the common theme that I referenced is, uh, is, is, and not surprisingly, Brian Callahan seems to be largely in contact with guys 
he knows has has worked with for, uh, uh, you know certainly he knows his father quite well tolbert is a guy he worked with in denver uh one of the offensive coordinator candidates to this point nick holtz um he and brian callahan went to high school together and uh and Holtz's first job in coaching was under Bill Callahan at the uh, at the University of Nebraska. So you know, I I think it makes perfect sense that uh, you know for a first time head coach, he is he is looking for some familiarity and and some comfort with guys uh, th- that he knows. Even though he, he you know, and and he did say too that he wants sort of a a, a different a broad range of ages, if you will, for his staff. And, uh, and even with these first couple hires, it looks like he might be able to, uh, to accomplish that. So, uh, Denard, you, you have, you've talked about Bill Callahan and what it was like to play against his teams when he was head coach of the Raiders. And, you know, we, we've, we've gone on about the struggles of the offensive line, how there, there's obviously going to be personnel changes, but how much better is this Titans offensive line automatically with uh, with Bill Callahan as the position coach there. I don't know if it's going to be automatic David, but if they can get some some key some new pieces in there, it'll definitely uh make a difference uh uh for this upcoming season. I don't think a coach is going to change uh everything. It's got a lot of it's going to come on the players, but when you talk about Bill Callahan and you look at his his uh resume, David speaks for itself. He is that's his pedigree his offensive line. And I told you, David, I played against Bill Callahan since I was uh, back in 1999 and that Raiders unit, their offensive line, that was their strength. I mean, Lincoln Kennedy and all of those with Snooski, he had some studs and they were sat, they were what I call um, technically they were sound. And that's what you want for this, this unit up uh, coming in uh, next season, because the way that we saw them play this past year, uh, there's not really a nice word to put it, to be honest with you. Yeah, there, there's really that's right. If you don't have anything nice to say about somebody, don't. So we'll leave the uh, we'll leave the offensive line alone in that regard. Just just for a little perspective, the first time that uh, that Bill Callahan was an offensive line coach, specifically as his title, was back in 1987 with Northern Arizona University. He had the uh, same job at the University of Wisconsin with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, more recently, with uh, with the Dallas Cowboys, with the Washington Redskins, now the Commanders, of course, uh, and and for the last four years with the uh, with the Cleveland Browns. The vast majority of his uh, of his coaching career, which dates all the way back to 1980, has been coaching this position. Um, John, should should we be surprised about this that that the Browns uh, the Browns are willing to let this move happen, or or did you assume that that this was going to be uh, this was going to be the move all along? And and how big a get is it for Brian Callahan? I think it's I think it's a huge get. Um, you know, I I think it was assumed all along. I think that Brian Callahan would at least try uh, to to bring you know his dad in here. I think it certainly would, you know, had had to be considered a, a very wise move give, given the vast experience uh, Bill Callahan has. But yeah, I thought it was, um, you know, a little bit uncertain as to whether Cleveland would let that happen. Could certainly understand Cleveland standing in the way. I mean, obviously, Bill Callahan is tremendously respected assistant coach, offensive line coach, 
you know, I think he was one of, if not the highest paid staff member on the on the Cleveland Browns staff. And you certainly could have seen the Cleveland Browns saying maybe, hey, OK, we'll, we'll let you do that, you know, as, as long as we can work something out, you know, maybe maybe some kind of, uh, you know, an, an exchange of a draft pick or or something along those lines. But speak, I mean, it speaks a lot towards, you know, class organization like that, like the Cleveland Browns, that they would allow uh, the, the, the father to be kind of reunited with the son, um, you know, and, and not uh, stand in the way, not not hold him up for ransom, if, if you will. Um, so I, I think it's going to be great. You know, Brian Callahan is obviously a first year head coach. What better, uh, you know, to, to have as a sounding board than, than your own father who has been a head coach, who has been an assistant for so long uh, and is a great offensive mind. And, oh, by the way, he's going to coach up the heck out of that offensive line. So I think this is this is great news for Titans and Titans fans. Yeah, one, one thing I, I remember from, from back in the day with, with some of his early offensive lines is uh, defenses hated playing against those guys. They, you know, there was – there was talk of them being borderline dirty or or sometimes just being outright dirty and and him coaching some some borderline techniques but you know that that's what an offensive line should be right denard i i mean they should be a bunch that gets under the opponent's skin that that you know that that guys don't want to line up against them ultimately that's what you're looking for isn't it uh well do you remember john runyon i do remember john runyon John Runyon was the nastiest player I've ever seen in my life. And I'm talking about to his teammates until he ran into a right hook from J-Rob, uh, James Roberson. Oh, wow. And, okay. Yeah, but we know who the offensive coach, uh, offensive line coach was back then. Munch. Mike Munchak, yes. We're talking about the Hall of Famer. So Mild-mannered mild Mike Munchak, mild but, but I think completely different on the field probably. Completely when different. Yeah, two different two different animals. Uh, one of the most calmest individuals in the locker room, never raised his voice, but on the field, you're talking about an animal. But that's what you want, David. I mean, look at this. Look at the way the offensive line played last year. You want to. You want an offensive line that's just like you said, nasty. I want some guys that are willing to fight. Look at look at Kelsey over at Philadelphia. Look how many altercations he has a game. I mean, it's just like it's like an a, every game occurrence. How many times did you see the Titans' offensive line in a scuffle last season? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, think yeah. about it. And 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 as a team that ran the ball too, you think they yeah. you know that they yeah. would have some. Uh, some of that attitude, but we after and this after we said we weren't going to bag on the offensive line here today. But oh, uh, I mean, you need a Taylor Lewan. You want some of that, don't you? Want some of that old school mentality? I mean, you remember how Taylor played the game? It was nasty. He'll spear a guy, and then you sometimes you want to. I remember sometimes we do a podcast, and I'm not going to say a name, but it's an individual say, "Well, he deserved that. He got knocked out." No, I said that's what you want out of your offensive lineman. You want somebody nasty, dirty. That's the way the game is supposed to be played in the trenches. And and you want somebody c- giving them license to play that way. I think too to to light that fire under them and and uh, and, and give them give them sort of the green light to go ahead and and be that kind of unit. And uh, and and to your point, John, you, you wonder if if the Browns wouldn't have and maybe they considered said well. Give us a sixth round pick or a seventh round pick in 2026 or something like that. Uh, just, uh, you know, just 
you know, not really putting up a fight, but saying, look, we ought to, we ought to get something for giving up one of the best offensive line coaches in the league. And, and let's face it, that, you know, that bunch he had at Cleveland this year was, uh, was, was really, really good. And, uh, I, I, you know, they, I think, I think you could say from a talent standpoint, they were certainly were a, uh, were a better unit than, than what the Titans had. But when you lose a Nick Chubb early in the season to a, uh, to a knee injury and you can still be an effective offense running the ball and doing the things that, that Cleveland did, you know, without, without Deshaun Watson, oh, by the way, too, you end up, you end up with Joe Flacco, who's 87 years old back there. And, uh, and they still protected him well enough that he was putting up big numbers late in the year. Um, I, I think this is, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I think Denard makes a good point. You know, coaches can only do so much. You've got to have, talent but this is uh when you're when you're looking at a at a proven track record this is about as proven as it gets and uh and the titans are uh and it, it's a it's a dramatic departure from jason hodling who was uh basically brand new to the role this past season so it uh you know we'll, we'll see how this uh we'll see how this goes from here but uh but it's certainly, certainly good news what's that john yeah, no, I was just gonna just toss in one little little tidbit. Uh, I was gonna say, you know, Bill Callahan. You know, it's it's not just like he's got a reputation of, hey, these guys are his guys are great pass protectors or his guys are great run blockers. He's really had had both uh, over the years. You know, offensive linemen that kind of excelled in in both aspects of the game. And there's one little little nugget that I thought explained that pretty well. And this is well back. This is back in 2002. Uh, when he was with the Raiders, um, and when he was offensive coordinator, and his team that year uh, became the first team to win games in the same season while rushing at least sixty times in one game and passing at least sixty times in another game. And that same year, they set a uh, franchise record for fewest sacks allowed for twenty-eight. So it kind of speaks to you know the diversity that that he builds. I think in in offensive lines uh, over the years. Um, and, uh, and heaven knows, uh, the, the Titans offensive line could, could use as much help as they need, uh, you know, especially when it comes to pass protection. You wonder if that was a formative season for now coach Brian Callahan, who, uh, he was obviously just a teenager at that point, but he talked about it at his introductory press conference. I think we discussed it last week that, uh, you know, he said there, there's no, there, there's no balance to be had necessarily if uh if one thing is going to work better than the other on a particular week he said what you know the idea that oh we're we're going to make sure we run the ball x amount of times every week or we're going to spread it out and throw it x amount of times he said forget that we're going to do whatever we have to do to win and that's uh i mean that's exactly the kind of thing uh that that he was talking about i think so maybe that uh maybe that was a really formative season for him excellent point john all right denard you uh you you teased it for us you know uh you know the titans new wide receivers coach tyke tolbert what do we need to know about him he's a players coach i'm telling you right now nwi Traylon burks d hop you're going to like and you're going to love playing for this man uh, I had a chance to be coached by him when I was at LSU. He was a grad assistant in 1994. Uh, he's been in the game for almost 30 years. He's coached at Florida, Auburn, all the Louisiana colleges, Monroe, Lafayette. And what he's going to bring, he's, he's, 
you know, it's weird that so you're replacing Rob Moore, who played the game for a long time, my former teammate. And now you bring in Tyke Tolbert and you say, what, what do you get out of him? He's going to coach you hard. I mean, he was on. And you know what I love about this hire is the fact that Coach Callahan and Tyke, I call him Tyke, Tyke T, they were on the same staff in Denver from what was it, uh, 2011 to 2016. And they were both on that Super Bowl uh, when they won the Super, Super Bowl 50. Uh, coach uh, Tyke was the receivers coach back then. Yeah. And uh um, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, I read that he is uh, you know he survived a couple different coaching changes there too. It's mm-hmm. it's one of those guys that sort of puts you in the mind of Arthur Smith here, and uh, you know how how he he endured through several different head coaches, and that's always you know I, it was certainly was a good sign for Arthur Smith and and what he was ultimately able to accomplish here. So maybe it's the uh, it's the same sort of thing. Uh, John, I, I think similar though to the, the offensive line coach that, uh, you know, Tyke Tolbert's going to need to get some better players than what, uh, than what Rob Moore had these last couple years. Yes. Uh, absolutely. You know, um, it's kind of when you look at his background a little bit too, you know, he, he comes off two years in Chicago as uh, wide receivers coach and the passing game coordinator. And first thought is, Wow, uh, you know that 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 was not exactly high level fireworks, um, you know, for the wide receivers in the passing game in in Chicago. Um, but I think if you if you look a little closer um, to to that point, David, like like the people that he had in 2022, for instance, you know, his, his top receiver, uh, the guys were, were Darnell Mooney, who's you know a, a decent deep threat, but not not a number one type receiver by any stretch, and and the tight end Cole Komet. Um, and then this year, you know, things got a little bit better there um, because he had DJ Moore. Uh, and, and not only did he have DJ Moore, but he turned DJ Moore in, into the best version of DJ Moore uh, in his six seasons in the league. DJ Moore had 96 catches last year, 1,300 yards, eight touchdowns. So there's something to be said about what Tyke Tolbert did with him, uh, even though Chicago's passing game in general wasn't great, but I think you obviously have when, when you've been around the league as long as Tyke Tolbert has, you have to look far deeper into the track record. And you were talking about those years um, that he spent in in Denver under under several different coaches. Um, another little little kind of interesting stat nugget was three straight years out there, uh, at least three straight years is what I was looking at. He had two receivers go over a thousand yards. Um, I think it was Demarius Thomas and Eric Decker for two straight years. And then uh, I think it was Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders the year after that. Pretty impressive. That doesn't happen too often that you get two thousand yard guys. Uh, you know, and just some of the other guys he's coached, you you see an Eric Molds and a Lee Evans in, in Buffalo as well. So and the fact that, that he's had longer stints, like you mentioned too. That he is he has been under numerous head coaches is a pretty positive sign too. It's not one of those situations where every time the head coach um, was was fired that the next one cleaned house. You know he's he's been a survivor uh, at least a couple of times during his tenure. Yeah, and I think your point about DJ Moore speaks to the fact that you know obviously he's had a long career in this position. Uh, he's probably got a broad range of experiences, but he certainly comes in here. You, you can almost say he, he's stepping into the exact same type of situation that a DeAndre Hopkins equates to 
DJ Moore and and Traylon Burks can it can equate to a, a bit of a Darnell Mooney there and and there you know in terms of some untapped potential. So there's uh there is uh it, the the transition I guess might not be that big for him in terms of okay this is what I have and this is what I have to figure out how to how to get out get the best out of all these pieces. It it should be a uh, a fairly true smooth transition for him. Um, I think that's, uh, I, you know, the, everybody, the, the offensive line and the wide receivers, like I say, we, you know, we, we talked about them often during the course of this season. Those are, those are two groups that need to be better. The, the Titans defense was pretty darn good at times. I'd say a lot of times in, uh, in 2023. And, and now, as we mentioned, they got their guy, Denard Wilson, uh, who comes, uh, comes from the Baltimore Ravens where he spent the past season as defensive backs coach before that he was with the Philadelphia Eagles and, and uh, accomplished some pretty good things there too. Uh, uh, Denard, do you know, do you know much about him? Have you, have you seen him? Certainly, you know, defensive back play uh, and you've seen the Ravens. What, uh, what do you think he's bringing to this, this defense as a whole now, this is for the, for the Titans. Well, um, I tell you what, this young man, 41 years old, uh, went to the University of Maryland, uh, played safety there. He can coach. Uh, he's a, a great young mind. He's a schemer. And what I mean by that, he's not just going to sit in one coverage. He's going to disguise a lot of the coverages, which can end up helping the cornerbacks as well as the uh, safeties. And But I look at his resume, and I, and I think when you're coming in for an interview, if I'm a general manager, Rand Carthon, I'm kind of looking and saying, who have you coached and what have you done in this league? And, David, when you look at that uh, Billy's uh, secondary in 2022, don't you think that Bradbury and Darius Slate, they had a pretty good year on that in route to the Super Bowl? They, they, were, they were pretty darn productive, yeah. Pretty doggone good. And you know who the passing game coordinator and the secondary coach was. It was our man Denard. Denard Wilson. Second, the second most popular Denard we know. Yeah, yeah, I ain't going to go that far. But, <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, I look at 2023. What was interesting about that Ravens defense is they did what we call a, something that really doesn't happen. And you're thinking about it. They had, what was it, 16 and a half yards allowed. Again, was it points per game? Yep. Uh, and then talk about sacks, 60 sacks. They did 31 takeaways. I mean, you don't see that very often. And you wonder why they had a high-caliber defense. And when you look at the players, I mean, they, they got some monsters back there. And, and one name that in particular I, that stands out, and that's Cal Hamilton. Have you watched how good that young man has gotten over the last few years since being drafted number one out of Notre Dame? You you couldn't miss him Sunday. I mean, even though the Ravens lost that game against the Chiefs, uh, you know, Hamilton was the guy who showed up play after play after play. He's all over the field. He's all over the field. So if you're a money hooker, you're sitting back in your classroom. You're saying, this is what I want. I'm, I'm serious. You want somebody that not only has played the position, but they know how to put you in position to succeed. This, I'm going to tell you something. He can coach, and not to mention, when you talk about familiarity, uh, it, it seems like it's a thing because him and Rand Carthon was on that staff back in St. Louis. Uh, but when both of them was coming out of uh, or trying to break into the league. 
So yeah, that, again, you know that that's the that's the connection here, and it seems like connections are are a big part of this, John. Uh, you know, Wilson, I think, was a name that or a guy that certainly people had an eye on going into this coaching cycle. And, and you look now, Mike McDonald is leaving the Ravens, their defensive coordinator, to go be head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. So theoretically, at the very least, Denard Wilson could have had an opportunity to take over the Ravens defense or he could have gone with McDonald to Seattle and, and taken over the defense there. I mean, it, it feels like this was a guy who was going to have opportunities. Uh, same sort of thing. It, it, is this a big get for the Titans? I think on, on paper, it's a, it's a great uh, get. You know, you couldn't really ask for a better resume uh, than this in, in terms of what the Titans need. Uh, as you mentioned, yeah, this this was a guy who was drawn interest around the league. Uh, already interview requests uh, by the Giants, by the Rams, by the Packers. The Giants had already done a uh, a virtual interview with him earlier uh, here in the in the uh, in the postseason. Um, so clearly, really a popular guy. And yeah, even though the Ravens moved quickly and made their linebackers coach their new defensive coordinator, I certainly think that. Uh, you know, Denard Wilson would have been in the in the mix there. And yeah, what I like about it, as you guys have referenced too, um, is that you know every guy you hire as a coordinator, he's going to have a specialty. Uh, you know, whether it's he's you know he's a, a D line guy or a linebackers guy or a secondary guy. Well, you couldn't ask for for a better specialty as far as the Titans are concerned because that secondary has been you know such a such a struggle the last few years than a DB guy with with Denard Wilson there. Um, and yeah, I think we have to mention too, we, we talked about the Rams Yeah, his first five years were under Jeff Fisher, uh, you know, as, as head coach of the, uh, of the Rams. Um, and, uh, what, what was Jeff Fisher's specialty? Of course, defensive backs. He was a defensive back, uh, himself in the, in the league. Um, so yeah, I, I think, you know, uh, again, on, on paper, this is the guy you absolutely had to have the, the, the odd thing that I came across and kind of looking at his background thing that's kind of struck me just as, as unusual um you know they had that great year in philadelphia in 2022 where they were number one against the pass um you know a ton of, of takeaways and after that season you know philly's defensive coordinator left uh jonathan gannon went to coach the uh, arizona and naturally you, you would have considered denard wilson being a, a candidate for the defensive coordinator job there but oddly enough, uh, Nick Sirianni not only passed him over for that, then yeah. fired him um, after the 22 season in which the Eagles' defense had the best pass cover, you know, pass defense in the game. So really weird, and and it really certainly didn't pass uh, pan out for Nick Sirianni because he gave that job to Sean Desai, uh, who ended up basically getting uh, you know demoted during the season and replaced. Uh, meanwhile, they could have had Denard Wilson in that in that position. So weird. Uh, thing there, but it all works out for the for the best for the Titans. Um, because if he'd been a defensive coordinator in Philadelphia, you know, maybe certainly he's probably not available at this. Point. Yeah, you you wonder if Desai, you know, had a guy that he wanted for that position, or uh, how how exactly that all played out. But uh, but again, I, I think the the point is it it played out for the to the Titans' benefit, or, or so it seems right now. Um, we'll see how that goes. The offensive coordinator spot has not been filled, but uh, according to reports, there uh, there have been at least three candidates who have emerged. Titans want to talk to Jacksonville's passing game coordinator Nick Holtz, Tampa Bay quarterbacks coach Tad Lewis, 
and Miami associate head coach and running backs coach Eric Studesville. And again, when we're talking about connections, Studesville and Callahan have uh, have spent time together in uh, in Denver. Holtz, Nick Holtz is the guy I mentioned. He and uh, he and Brian Callahan went to high school together, and you you wonder if if these two as 15 16 year olds uh dreamed about you know being together on a on an NFL staff somewhere uh, a, at some point uh John we'll start with you this time uh a- any one of those guys make more sense to you than the others it's hard uh, hard uh, to look away from from Eric Studesville here just in terms of the incredible amount of background um and, and experience he has you know the other guys strike me as Guys that are up and coming, bright guys that are, that are probably going to be ready pretty soon. Uh, um, you know, Nick Holtz uh, was was with the uh, the Jaguars last year for for one season as the passing game coordinator. You know, Trevor Lawrence was okay, but actually last year, you know, his stats dipped actually a little bit from the year before um, when when Nick Holtz was there. Uh, Thad Lewis, quarterbacks coach at Tampa Bay. Uh, really, you know, put some juice back into the career of Baker Mayfield. Uh, Baker Mayfield ends up with a Pro Bowl year after, you know, his career was kind of nobody knew what was next there. So I, I think, you know, uh, I think those guys are up and comers and, and maybe a little seasoning uh, would, would do them right. But really, uh, I, I think the, the lead guy has to be Studisville, uh, who's been in the league, you know, 27 years. You know, he's had he's had all kinds of roles. Obviously, he's been the running backs coach for um, you know, for, for over 20 years, but he's also been an associate head coach. Uh, he's been an interim head coach. Um, you know, I, I could go on. He's had 11 running backs go over a thousand yards on his watch. Uh, last year, Raheem Mostert, 31 years old, never gone over a thousand yards. Boom. It, it, it happens. Uh, with Studentsville there. Uh, meantime, rookie, uh, uh Devin Achain is, is going over 800 yards as well. All good signs. Uh, and then, you know, we we talked about um, assistants that survive under different head coaches. Studisville, uh, another guy who did that uh, in Denver alone, he was with four head coaches, Josh McDaniels, John Fox, Gary Kubiak, and Vance Joseph. A very good sign, uh, as you guys noted, uh, noted with uh, with Arthur Smith, um, when, when different head coaches coming in, uh, really respect you to the point that they're they're not intent on on bringing their own guys in. That uh, that says a lot about you. Yeah, a, a guy who uh, who was with the New York Giants in in two thousand when they uh, uh, when they went to the when they went to the Super Bowl, or I guess it was right after their uh, Super Bowl. Excuse me, right after their Super Bowl appearance, uh, he went there and 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 worked with Tiki Barber during uh, some of Barber's best days in in the NFL he was he was with Buffalo when Marshawn Lynch was drafted there and uh and, and helped shape helped shape him uh uh he he's had a he's had a lot of success in this league he, of the uh of these three candidates too he is he is the elder statesman at at 56 years old would be uh you know would, would add a little bit more experience to that uh to that group i find it uh I find I think it's going to be really tempting, though, for uh, for uh, Callahan to to look to his buddy Nick Holtz and, uh, you know, maybe even 
treat him. We talked about it last week, the way uh, Zach Taylor sort of groomed Callahan in, in Cincinnati. He could do the same thing. Holtz is a guy he can do the same thing with there. And, uh, you know, cause Callahan is going to be calling the plays so that, you know, th- this is not going to be necessarily the traditional offensive coordinator, whoever it is. Uh, uh, Denard, as you look at that list, uh, which is the name that, that pops out at you? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Eric Stutzville uh, for the simple reason because of experience and uh, in particular I go back to that 2010 season I thought he did a pretty good job in replacing uh, Josh McDaniel when he was fired you know he was the interim head coach for the Broncos yeah yeah that and, and that's uh, you know that that always says something too when mm-hmm. uh, when when uh, when guys get tapped for that. Uh, that kind of role is especially a guy who's not been a head coach you know sometimes that's the easy way to go and uh you know a guy who hadn't been and gets tapped I think that that speaks to uh speaks to how his his players feel about him and and how they react to him now he only won one of four games but that uh you know that wasn't a particularly good uh good team to begin with there so uh you know Tim Tebow's here yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, you do you do what you can in 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 an interim role, and and especially with just a couple of weeks like that, you're you know not a lot of time to to get things done. As uh, as we move into the home stretch here, though, I, I mentioned uh, Mike McDonald going to uh, Seattle, and then following that, the the Washington Commanders named Dan Quinn, uh, the Dallas defense coordinator, their head coach, and. Uh, uh, suddenly there are no head coach openings left, which means Mike Vrabel is uh, is out of a job for the foreseeable future. Um, Denard, is is that a good thing for Mike Vrabel? Is that a is that a particularly surprising thing? Do you think, or or uh, it, should we have expected maybe he he wants to take a little break after uh, after six years here with the Titans? How much money did he make last season? John, do you know? I don't know what the contract was. It was, it was in the millions, it. right? Yeah. Indeed. So he's not going to miss out on anything by taking uh, just a little time off and maybe work on his tan uh, for a year. Yeah. And and I think we talked about this last week, too. It, it feels like there is a uh, – there, there is a sort of new wave of coaches rolling mm-hmm. in. And, and while Vrabel is not – you know, Bill Belichick, old school. You know, Quinn is uh, Quinn is a recycle head coach here, but but Vrabel sort of seems to be somewhere in between that uh, that you know the new age and the and the old group or the old guard who's being forced out here. Um, John, it, it, how surprised are you? And and do you assume this is uh, this is temporary and and that Vrabel will get back on a sideline within a year or so here? Would I would think so? I, I did. I actually read something today that I thought was kind of curious. Uh, one of the uh, the Miami Dolphins reporters wrote a, wrote a column saying, uh, "Hey, uh, Mike Vrabel should is the perfect defensive coordinator uh, for the Miami Dolphins," uh, which would be uh, interesting. Uh, I'm sure he he might be, but I'm not sure that that Mike McDaniel's would like to necessarily have that uh, presence. Looming in the uh, in the background as a former head coach with a uh, monstrous personality, um, so I you know I, I think pretty clearly it would be head coach or bust for for Mike Vrabel at, at this point uh, in his career after doing it for six years. But 
you know, maybe, maybe this is a good situation for Mike Brable. Um, you know, I'm sure, obviously, it was a gut punch for him, um, you know, to, to get fired in, in this job after a lot of success in the first four years. And maybe this is that that moment, you know, where Mike Brable looks in the mirror and says, wow, you know, maybe I got to I got to reconsider some things here. Um, you know, uh, we've, we've talked about how much we hear the word collaboration being used you know, by, by the Titans uh, uh, right now. They're not they're not the only team, though, that, that does seem to be, uh, you know, more, much more of that than, than we have seen in the past. And, you know, when you think of Mike Vrabel, you think a lot of good football things, but you don't necessarily think of the word collaboration. So maybe this is kind of a, uh, you know, a wake-up call in some respects for Mike Vrabel. We all know he knows football very well. He knows relationships with players very well, but you know, maybe he's got to make some changes a little bit to alter that personality as, you know, as much as anybody can uh, to not be so all-consuming, I, I would think, uh, you know, in, in an organization. And maybe that makes organizations a little bit more welcome to bring him back in as a as a head coach. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, he doesn't have a track record as a defensive coordinator to fall back on, right? I mean, he did it for one year, one year. in Houston. They were, they were injury ravaged and and terrible statistically. And and so, you know, I, I don't know that, that a lot of people would look at him and say, "Oh, yeah, that's the guy I want to, uh, you know, lead my defense," or, or or for him, you know, to look at that as a way to sort of rehabilitate his career the, the way a, a Dan Quinn did, for example, by by going to Dallas there and. Um, so, you know, his, I, I think he's, I think he's very much viewed as a, uh, as a head coach. And, uh, as of right now, he is an, he's an out of work head coach and, and will stay that way. But it's, he, you know, of course his, he was under contract. It's not the worst thing to sit out and let, uh, let the Titans pay you for a year. Um, so I, I guess this time next year, maybe we will be talking about where he's coaching next, but, uh, we'll be back next week to talk more Titans developments until then. Denard, thanks as always. Appreciate it. Thank you, John Glennon. Thank you. All right. Thanks guys. And thank you all for listening and for downloading as always. This is believe in Titans. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.